is a person that I've been knowing for years man he's a he's a a superstar in my in my mind you know um met him um his sophomore year in college I think no junior year in college I think and uh we're going to talk about his career tonight his college career we're going to talk about his uh NFL career we're going to talk about his coaching career uh I call him the real Slim Shady. He's the official Sam Shady. He got he got one of those names that you know, like a detective Sam Shady. He got one of those names that everybody would love to have, you know. Uh so we're gonna talk about his career at the Bengals and the Redskins and you know the coaching that he did in high school. Now he's with in college with the HBCU. We're gonna talk about that. So without further ado, I want to bring up Mr. Sam Shade from our green room. Are you there, sir? I'm here. I'm here, Tony. I appreciate you having me on, man. Man, Mental toughness pop mindset podcast. Okay. I like it. I like That's the title. it. That's it. And matter of fact, we're gonna get your address at the end uh, afterwards, and I'm gonna send you one of my hoodies so you can, uh, you know, wear it. Mental toughness. Uh, I'll rock it in one of my team meetings. <laughs> I know that's right. So, um, man, let's jump right into this. I, I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about your uh, college career. Let's talk a little bit about high school. Let's talk about Birmingham, man, because, you know, I'm from Birmingham. you from Birmingham. And you went to this high school that kind of like nobody really knew about, like Winona. You know what I'm saying? I don't think a lot of us knew about Winona back in the day. I think Sam Shade made Winona pop. No, I'm going to take that back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Before you, way before you, you heard about the High Brothers, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Johnny High. <laughs> Johnny High, Willie High, Freddie High, um, and Mr. High. I used to be at the games, and his dad, their dad would show up at the Fair Park Arena. He would turn it out. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, those guys, a couple of those guys played in the, in the uh, NBA. I think – I know Johnny played. Right. And I think Freddie might have played – oh, Willie. I think it was Willie. Uh and so, uh, how did you wind up going to Winona instead of Jones Valley? Well, I, actually, I did go to Jones Valley uh, on the west side of Birmingham. Uh, Jones Valley was probably about a little over a mile down the street from mm -hmm. Winona. So after my 10th grade year, uh, Jones Valley closed down. Oh. And uh, basically, I, I ended up being zoned to Winona. And so that's how I ended up going to Winona. But... You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, you look back on it, you know, there were three high schools on one street. And uh, like I said, we're known in Jones Valley. We're a little over a mile from each other. 
and and people ask why was that you know obviously that was because of uh you know when the schools uh, at one point schools were segregated so right Jones valley actually had been in you know all white school and well known has always been a you know had always been an all black school so and then you go further down, happened, things changed. You go further down was my high school, which was West End. West End, uh, you're right down the street. Yeah, it's amazing. They closed both of those schools, and Winona got a new school. Yes, and and, and you know, uh, back then, you know, people didn't like it, but you know, I think consolidation's been good for the schools. Uh, you know, because now you're not spending so much money to keep the lights on and in three different buildings, and you can put everybody in one building. And, Right. Yeah, I think it's good for academic competition and athletic competition. All right. You're right, 100%. Let's talk about Alabama, though. So you went – now, I read um, – no, I remember you telling me this back in the day, but I read something the other day where you were talking about uh, how Pat Sullivan recruited you hard from Auburn. And uh, so at one point, were you seriously thinking about going to Auburn? I actually, believe it or not, well, first off, um, I, I can't talk about, you know, you can't bring up Pat Sullivan without me talking about him. Okay. Uh, you, you know, Heisman Trophy winner at Auburn as a quarterback, I think it was 1971. But, uh, man, you, you're talking about an awesome guy. Uh, he actually recruited me. And actually, because of him, I actually committed to Auburn about a week before I uh, visited Alabama. So I actually committed to Auburn. And Pat Sullivan had a whole lot to do with that. Uh, you know, anybody that's ever known him, uh, just a special guy, classy guy, man, uh, and happened to be a hell of a football player and a hell of a coach. So how did you commit without going to Alabama? And how did you go to Auburn? I mean, so Alabama was not recruiting you? No, no, they, Alabama was recruiting me. I, I actually had a visit set up the next week. Kind of had a situation with um, – one of the coaches at Alabama, we kind of had a misunderstanding about something, uh, and it, it was a small situation uh, about them coming, coming, coming to, to do a home visit at mm -hmm. my house, and uh, we just weren't able to work that out. So, in all that going on, I just said, "Well, well, well hey, I just won't visit Alabama. I, I visited Auburn and I committed." But uh, my mother. Who told her? You know my mother, man. Yeah. She, she actually was a big Alabama fan. Uh, she's, yeah, she's I know. Still is a big Alabama fan. Right. She got me to take the visit to Alabama after I committed to Auburn. And uh, when I went down to Alabama, I just I, I knew that socially, I just I just felt more comfortable at Alabama during that time. You know, 1991, I, I just felt a little bit more comfortable socially there uh, at the University of Alabama than I did at Auburn. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, my story on it. What player took you around campus? I know they always have one guy that takes you around. Well, it, it was kind of a number of guys, but I actually had a guy. He, uh, he actually, it, it's kind of a funny story because when I committed to Auburn, it was kind of a, you know, big, big story. So some of the guys in Alabama didn't want to show me around because I had committed to Auburn. So uh, there was a guy, guy by the name of Darren Greenwood. He was a uh, backup defensive back from uh, Lynette, Alabama. Uh, he took me around. So never forget that. But I, I did spend time with all the other players, too. It was kind of just – I think some of them kind of in a funny way were like, man, I'm not showing him around. He just committed to Auburn. And, and then the funny part about it um, – Alabama was playing Auburn in basketball that weekend in Tuscaloosa that I visited Alabama. So 
I ended up seeing a bunch of the guys that I'd hung out with at Auburn the week before at the game. And so, you know, it was just kind of a kind of a funny deal, you know, because I'm talking to those guys and, you know, I'm hanging out with the Bama guys. <laughs> I know that was strange. So now, oh, yeah. uh, we know that I heard you play running back, right? I did. I did. And, and Tony, now you mentioned something. Now you 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 talked about you know Winona. There, there were some guys you know way before me at Winona that were uh, really good players. There was a guy by the name of uh, Johnny McDaniel, and uh, I tell you what, he was he went on to play. And it's, it's, it's funny because he got drafted by the Bengals, so he played for the Bengals. Okay, and then after after a few years there, he went to the Redskins. So the same path that I end up taking. You know, years later, he had already taken. Uh, but uh, Johnny McDaniel's that that was uh, well. You know, you know, I was just joking because during the during my day, you know, our high school was very popular. We won a lot. You know, I'm I'm like ten years older than you, so right at, during that time, we won a lot. And we known it, and football didn't win a lot at all. And then we known it was a tough school, so we didn't <laughs> even go over that way. You know what I'm saying? Because they shoot you didn't call, you didn't cross the tracks, did you? <laughs> You didn't cross those railroad tracks. <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to go where we know. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I can't even think but one guy from my high school that went to the league, and that's Travis McNeil, tight end. You, you remember Travis? I, I know Travis very well, man. A great guy. Matter of fact, uh, I played little little league ball and park ball uh, for the same uh, youth league that uh, that he played for. The same team. And it's okay. funny, I actually ended up having the same coaches he had. So they talked about him and he'd come by, talk to us. Uh, shoot, man, Travis, uh, doing really well. Where is he now? Is he in Birmingham or is he in Atlanta? He, he's, he's in Birmingham. Um, I know okay. he's kind of, uh, he, he's got his own business. Um, you know, he's doing some things, uh, you know, business-wise, doing doing pretty good. But, uh, yeah, Travis, I, I always looked up to Travis. Yeah, his two sisters were – one of his sisters were was with me in my senior year, and then his other sister was right behind me. Uh, and I think he came a couple of years later. Um, but yeah, I was just messing with you about Winona because at that time, you know, that because right, you're gonna you're gonna make me start talking about you know guys like uh, you, you know uh, Pop, Papa Jackson, man, ba- a big time baseball guy that played at Winona. Actually, ended up being the uh, I want to say he was the pitching coach for the. Uh, Boston Red Sox for a long time. Okay, see, see, that was see. a part of a um, World Series, uh, winning the World Series. Okay, because see, my only, you know, when I think of we known it for sports was the High Brothers back in the day. Johnny, right. now they had another High Brother that played at Jones Valley, right? They did. Uh, I, I, I can't think of his name. They, yeah, they he's his sure younger did. brother. Yeah, they I can't. Sure uh, yeah, so they had a big family, man, of uh, basketball players. Well, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, something interesting about Winona that that was kind of interesting, and you you brought it up. Uh, basketball was big at, at yeah. Winona. I mean, it, it right. was big. Uh, you know, a lot of state championships in basketball, and right. But you know, the, the funny thing is, you know, we had about since Johnny McDaniels, I, I, I I've got to count at ten NFL guys. <laughs> Really? Oh yeah. Oh From yeah. From Winona. From Winona. Uh, right now, you've got uh, Quentin Williams that plays for the Jets. Him and his brother. His brother plays linebacker for the okay. Jets. Okay. The, the, the two with the Bama, right? It, well, yeah, uh, 
Quincy didn't go to Alabama, um, but Quentin but did. Members, right? Say one went to Mississippi State. Did one go to Mississippi State or something like that? Uh, Quincy actually went to Murray State. He went to Murray okay. State. Okay. And uh, Quentin went to Alabama. But, um, you know, so you got those two, and you kind of keep going back. And Joe Webb that played at UAB. Uh, there, okay. There's some other guys that played at Alabama and some other places. But it's just kind of funny, you know, we won those state championships in basketball with no no football state championships. And right. um, my high school coach got close. Uh, they went to the state championship game, and uh, but they weren't able to pull it out. Yeah, I, my senior year, we went, uh, we went to the – I think it was the game before the championship, and Parker beat the brakes off us. That year, that early the, – the first game of the year, we beat them like – about three or four touchdowns, and then when we played them wow. in, the, in the playoff, they they beat us like thirty-one or something. And then they went and lost to Mount Brook. We was all there cheering for them, and <laughs> <laughs> they lost to Mount Brook. <laughs> Mount Brook, yeah, it was Mount Brook. Yeah, it was Mount Brook. That, that, that's funny. Uh, Mount Mount Brook just uh, played for the state championship this year in six A. They they didn't win it, but they played for it. So it's funny you said that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's so now when you went to Bama, man, um, I still remember the Sugar Bowl where everybody had Miami winning. And I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I didn't think y'all was going to beat Miami, man. I, I really did. I really did. What were y'all thinking in the locker room? Before, you know, because, wait a minute, before, I mean, you had an interception in that game. How many, how many, uh, it was like he threw five picks that game, right? I, I, I think it was the least. At least three. Yeah, we got Shade right here with the, with the pick, you know. <laughs> so, and that's the one where um, uh, T walked down uh, your boy, the wide receiver, right? Took the ball yeah, from. The, yeah, the one he walked down, uh, Lamar Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was that was one of the. It's, it's funny. That was one of the top t- top plays in Alabama history, and it didn't count. Uh, one of our defensive ends jumped off sides. And so, actually, the play didn't count. So, man, I don't my, even remember. I don't. Remember. I thought that was actually he walked and, and took the ball from him and started coming back up the field. He, they he called did. it back. They they called it back because it it was a free play for uh for their offense. It was a free play. Once we jumped okay. off sides, they just let the play keep going, and you know. So if, if Miami had scored, it would have been a touchdown. But right, you know, the ball ended up going back. And they got five yards off of the play, but you, you know, you asked about what I was thinking about. You know, what yeah. we were thinking about before the game. We, we, we had a first off, we we had a really good coaching staff, uh, starting with Coach Stallings, who had you know been been in the NFL, uh, coach for the Dallas Cowboys uh, as an assistant, and uh, was head coach of the Cardinals. He was a, I, I tell you what, Coach Stallings, he held everybody accountable. He was a big time disciplinarian, and. You know, you were going to be ready to play one way or another, you know, playing for Coach Stallings. And and if you couldn't get ready, you probably weren't going to be on the team. That, that was the thing about him. And, you know, I appreciate uh, all the things that I went through at Alabama. I appreciate the way they pushed myself and my teammates because it, it definitely – you talk about mental toughness, <laughs> we had some mental toughness. <laughs> and, and so we, we knew going into the ball game, uh, after watching a lot of film – they were really good at throwing the ball in the passing game, but they weren't very good in the running game. And we felt like we could dictate to them how the game was going to go. And we basically did that by early on, we stopped the run. So they, they, they basically abandoned the running game and then they had to throw the ball. And then we, 
you know, we had two guys up front, two defensive ends that were one to six picking the draft. And, and those guys, they were playing pass all night after we started stopping the run. And, you know, in the secondary, we, we did feel like we did a really good job of, you know, kind of holding those guys from making the big plays they normally make. How, how many players went to the league from that team? I know it's Copeland, Curry, you, T. Was Lemaski on that team? Oh, yeah, Lemaski Hall, uh, coaches defensive ends for Clemson now. Uh, you had Antonio Langham was right. was the first rounder, won the Thorpe, uh, was the Thorpe winner the uh, next year. And uh, some other linebackers, you had Derek Oden, Antonio right. London, Oh, wow. There were were quite a few. Then there were some guys that weren't starting that were kind of rotating in that later on got drafted. Guys like Shannon Brown. Um, I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. Y'all had a killer defense, man. I think that's what it – I think they felt like Miami offense was so much powerful and that Bama offense wasn't that powerful. But, you know – you know, those five picks, you know, that's that had to turn the game around right there just in itself. The defense kind of controlled that. Uh, right, but, but you know, you know, people talk about our defense also, but I, I felt like our offense was was built to – Yeah, Lassick you know, too. Like Lassick went to the league. Right, yeah. right. Had, had Derek Lassick was a second-round draft pick at running back. You had uh, David Palmer, second-round uh, draft pick at receiver, was a Heisman Ooh. finalist. You know, went went to New York for the Heisman uh, ceremony, all that stuff. So uh, Palmer went to Parker, right? Uh, Jackson Oldham went to Jackson Oldham. Wow, he sure did. Uh, right, right, uh, right across town from uh, from from you from See, West. We, we used to uh, we used to uh, call Jackson Oldham. Uh, uh, we know of the North because y'all <laughs> Jones didn't want to go over to Jackson Oldham either because before it was called Western. <laughs> they do a lot of shooting over there, Jackson Oldham too. So, <laughs> but they had a good basketball squad too. That's why I never looked at them. It's funny. My senior year, uh, my high school coach, Coach Akon, he's a legend in Birmingham, man. And, Heard uh, of him? Heard yeah, of him. Akon was coaching at Jackson Oldham for like ten years, man. We were beating the brakes off them every year. And the year that he came to West End, Jackson Oldham beat us. And Coach Akon was in the locker room crying. And he said, man, y'all let them white holes beat y'all, man. We <laughs> number white holes over there. <laughs> I come over here <laughs> and we lose to them white holes. <laughs> Akon was a fool, boy. He was crazy, man. But, yeah, I, I didn't get no problem with the Jackson Hole. Okay. Yeah, he sounded like a character, man. Uh, oh, he was a character, like a man. Akon used to be on the sideline, man. I'm not lying to you, man. During the during the um, the national anthem, he would be down on the far end, and Coach Williams on the front, on on the other end, and Akon would be standing next to the players. And uh, I'm, I'll never forget this guy named Frank Chambers, man. He took his helmet off, so he was holding it for the national anthem, and Akon was whispering. Um, Boy, your head nappy as hell, boy. If I had a comb, I'd comb your hair right. <laughs> I mean, you had the players trying to bite their tongue to keep from laughing because he he busted on Frank Chambers' head. Oh man, yeah, he was a character, man. He was. Yeah, that, 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 that sounds like a time when you could kind of tell guys what you really thought. I guess. Oh yeah. Now, oh, nowadays, yeah. you get get a little trouble for that. <laughs> get in trouble for that, yeah. But Akon, oh, yeah. he didn't play with that one. So man. now. 
Um, your senior year, I still remember this. Um, really, your south, you know, your junior year, going into the senior year. I remember when me and Mason pulled the report, and uh, what's the guy name that does all the draft stuff? Uh, um, he's on ESPN now, and they always mess with him about he don't know anything about sports, and uh, you know, um, he's. I, I, I got his. I got his. Face he got all the hair. He got all the hair in his head. Yeah, yeah. So that was before the internet. It was nothing. So, but he used to come out with a report every year. He used to come out with a magazine, come out with a report. So that summer, he came out. The number one safety in the country going into the senior year, Sam Shade. Number one. Number right. one safety in the country. Um, so me and Mason looking at that, we like, we talking to your mom. We like, okay, that's cool, man. Sam's cool. Now, I remember you talked to someone. I don't know who, but you talked to someone. And at that time, uh, that summer before you went back, you got a Lawyers of London insurance policy because you was a top player. You know, at that time, Lawyers of London was only given in policies to number one players. You right. know, Lawyers of London, and you got it. All right, so now this is all my opinion here. So, so okay. this is not your opinion. <laughs> this is my opinion. So, you know, you don't have to say anything about this, but I remember talking to your mom about this. So season starts, senior year, Sam goes to practice and the season starts. And I think the first or the second game, next thing I know, somebody has bent you. (laughs) (laughs) So we like, I'm sitting here like, how did Sam get benched? I'm like, he's the number one safety in the country. Good guy. Don't start any mess. Don't do anything. But they benched you like second game, third game, fourth game. It was crazy what was going on now. Again, my opinion only. And I remember telling your mother this. I said, Sam got back and Sam had that Lords of London insurance policy. And I know for a fact, and I'm not calling any coaches names out, but I know some coaches have connections with insurance companies. And so they want to tell the player where to go to get their insurance policy instead of them finding it on their own. Lawyers of London contacted you. You got it on your own. I believe one of those coaches didn't like that. How could they bench you, man? I mean, you they, they say that you had a bad attitude. Do you remember this? You know, I know you remember it. What do I'm asking, well, do you I, remember? Now, now I'll say this. I, I, I don't recall anybody said i had a bad attitude uh, okay. I, I never i never heard that that never got well, what was me, it then but I, I i'll say this this is this is what happened uh for me so during that summer had some things go on at home uh with my family there were some things going on with some of my family members uh, i've shared it with some people uh but there were a couple people in my family had some had some personal personal issues going on and it really, for me, was out of my control to do anything. So, you know, back then I was young. I'm 21 years old. And, um, you know, you're worried about what's going on at home with family members. And and that was more on my mind than football. So right before I went to camp, all this stuff was going on. 
and football just really wasn't on my mind. And, and you know, a lot of people don't know that. Some people do because I've shared the story. And so, you know, I go in and I didn't have an attitude or anything. I just, you know, wasn't as locked in, wasn't as focused, uh, maybe wasn't, you know, practice, practicing the way I normally practice because of it. And so uh, the coaching staff felt like, you know, I wasn't locked in. So that was part of me not playing. And interesting story. So I got to a point where I really just went thinking about ball because of my stuff that was going on at home. I wasn't really thinking about it. even though I'm going through this, I'm not playing. And, you know, I think back then I was the type of guy, you know, I, I was just going to kind of just get through things. Right. And some of my well, teammates you know, came you, to me. I, I believe that you are a very quiet individual, but you say you're more private than quiet. Well, well, I, I won't say quiet. I mean, just during that time, I, I, I've never been one to complain, blame, or you know, all that type of stuff. I've always been one to work through my own problems and issues. You know, even growing up when I was younger. So anyway, um, some of my teammates came to me because I'd been voted a captain and all that stuff. And so some of my guys were like, look, man, you know, we need you to go and talk to the coaches or something because we need you out there with us. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. After that happened, I, I I went in. I saw the head coach, Coach Stallings. Uh, we talked, and Coach Stallings basically said, he said, well, listen. <laughs> he said, man, uh, you need to go talk to the defense coordinator, who also was my position coach. Right. You know, you need to go talk with him, you know, because he spends more time with you. He knows a lot more than what I do. And so I, I, I said, okay, that's, that's fair. So I went in and I talked to uh, Coach uh, Bill Oliver, who was, who was my defense coordinator position coach. And he just told me, he said, hey, man, it just doesn't seem like your head's been in it. It, don't, it doesn't seem like you've been as focused. You don't look the same in practice. And I said, well, what do I need to do to, uh, go, what do I need to, do to play? He said, man, I just need to see it in practice. <laughs> so I go out that week. I had a great practice. And back then we – I mean, we got after it in practice. I mean, like, we really got after it. So, you know, a couple of my teammates kind of laugh about it to this day. They're like, man, you didn't have to hit so-and-so like that in practice that day. You know, <laughs> that, that, that type of day. I was like, well, look, you know, they told me I wasn't practicing, practicing good. So <laughs> had a good good practice. We go play LSU that weekend uh, early in the game. Uh, I was fortunate enough to, to make a play, an interception, run it back for a touchdown early, and, and I was back on track after that. But – I learned a lot uh, during that time. Uh, for instance, the issue that was going on with my, you know, my family, I was able to talk to somebody about that before the, before the uh, LSU game, really a couple of weeks before that, I, I, I talked to somebody and I just learned that, you know, you've got to control what you can control. And the other things, you just got to give them to God, man, pray about it, give it to him and, and let him handle it. And to me, that was that was really what happened. And uh, I was glad that I had gone through that adversity because I go to, the NFL, you know, once I go to the NFL, the NFL, it doesn't matter. You're first round, the first pick in the draft. Right. It don't matter. Like you got to you, you got to be mentally tough. Uh, you right. got to fight each and every day. You got to prepare yourself each each season and going through the experience that I went through my senior year. I felt like it helped me during my uh, pro career. And if I hadn't gone through it, I probably would have went through that same situation in pro ball 
and I probably would have got cut. Right. Right. You know, so I, I just feel like everything happens for a reason. And, you know, God uh, put me in that situation where, you know, I, I needed to grow. And I believe it did happen for a reason. And I, and I know that it helped you because me talking to Mason and talking to you also. And you and I'm going to get to that point in a second. But let me go back. I still, my opinion, <laughs> I heard yours. <laughs> Yours and a lot of other people, but keep going. I know. I'm not changing that opinion because I remember telling your mother, I said, I ought to call the radio station to just talk about this. She said, no, nah, don't call the radio station. I said, I need to do this because this is this is messed up, man, because um, I know who the guy was, and I'm not bringing up any names or anything like that. But, I mean, you probably, I mean, to, to come on campus with a Lord of, Lords of London insurance policy, and I know these guys – and I know they got friends, they got buddies who they want to connect you with. They should. I mean, I understand that. But so I'm gonna stick with that one until I die. But I, I know that you I, I, I agree with your personal issues that you had. I know, but I think it may have been a little combination of all that. Let me tell you something. Well, I'll say this. I I'll say this to you. Um there, there was a situation where I had where actually it's it's funny because I had a, a coach did approach me during the spring. One of the coaches on staff did approach me about get getting an insurance policy, mm -hmm. you know, cause I wasn't thinking about it at that time. Right. right. And we basically said, okay. You, I, I said, okay, fine. You know, but between spring practice ending and training camp ending, the coach and I never talked about it. it like he never got back to me on it. And then that's when, you know, yourself and uh, yeah, Mason, you know, was talking Mason to you. So, we, we yeah. talked about, hey, we need to get this insurance policy. Yeah. And I, and I said, hey, I'm waiting, you know, I'm a coach. And when we couldn't get in touch with him, we, we Lord around around showed up. So, so I, I get what you're saying. And yeah. I, I think it was all, I guess it was kind of the perfect storm in a way. I won't say the perfect storm because, you know, it was tough going through it, but. And I'm going to tell you some more, some more stuff I talked to your mom about because I should talk to her a lot during that time about this because um, another thing I said to her was that it was frustrating because, I mean, you didn't even go to the Senior Bowl, man. You wound up going to the Combine. Right, right. You should have been at the Senior Bowl and the Combine, but you didn't go. And I remember telling her, I said, everybody that's at that Senior Bowl, and I'm not I'm – not, you know, hating on anybody. I'm not hating on your friends or players, but some of the guys from Bama that went out that year to that senior bowl, and I can name them all. You know them. They're your friends. Um, <laughs> I remember telling your mom, I, you can ask her to this day. I said, Sam is going to play longer in the NFL than any of those guys. And that year, I can name, I'm not going to name the guys, but I can name all the guys that went to the league. I can name all the guys that went to the senior bowl. Um, and you have because you played what seven or eight years in the league. How long you play? I played played eight years until I had, years. A, I had a neck injury my last year uh, playing for the Redskins. Right, you played eight time. years. None of them guys played eight years that came out that year. I know for a fact. I remember when you said uh, you called me one night and we went over to Brookwood Village to get you some sneakers, and okay. I came back. Yeah, because you wanted something for the combine, right? And I came right. back. I told you, yeah, I said, Mace. This dude, I mean, you know, it was like you got some $89 sneaker. It wasn't, you could have got $200. You could have got, I said, Sam, he, he just, he just hey. wanted a pair of shoes. 
to run in the combine. I said, he didn't even get the top line. You just, you put them on, you like, these cool. And it's funny, I remember, you ever see that commercial where you put your running shoes on and they got they got this guy running like he about to run out the store with him? You right. did that. You, know, you took off running, you, then you stopped and you ran a little bit more. And then you said, these fine right here. <laughs> like, well, well, you know what? You, you know what now? It's, it's funny you say that because I, I think those, the style of those shoes, you know, might not have, you know, made them cost a lot, but they're actually pretty good shoes. I, I, good I knew shoes. good shoes too, Tony. I, I, I knew what I needed because I, I ran track in high school, high school, so I kind of knew, hey, this this will do it right here. This, yeah, this yeah I said, I told, when I told him that, because you got to understand, we have been dealing with guys, man, that um, uh, they had, I mean, this crazy stuff they was doing. I'm going to tell you, there's this, this two guys that during that time, cell phones was just kind of coming out. That's and, right. you know, most, most people didn't really have them. I still had a pager. <laughs> yeah. I had a pager. This one guy had Mace get him a couple of phones um, for him and his cousins. And so when they would come to Atlanta and we would ride around, I'd take them, you know, hang out, gym, shoot ball and all that. He would literally call his cousin in the back seat on the cell phone. <laughs> so, so imagine now you're talking about this when the race was high you know that when people oh, wait yeah. for the weekend to, to use your radio yeah, uh, we driving down p street his cousin in the back on the phone talking to him i'm like man just turn around and talk to him we are they just ran the tab up but you was not a guy like that at all you didn't do any of that kind of stuff so I, I I tell you, man, that's 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 crazy, man. They <laughs> called him in the car. That's amazing. They called each other, the one in the front seat, one in the back seat, and they talking. I'm like, y'all can hear each other, but they just running up the tab. Hey, I, so, I do want to go back on it. I want to go back on that senior bowl deal. I okay. want to go back on that. Uh, All right. It, you know, the funny thing is, we we played Ohio State in the bowl game that year. We played them in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, I went down there in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Which you, you know that was that was that was interesting in itself. Like we uh, we were undefeated my senior year, and we played uh, Florida in the uh, SEC championship game, the first one they had in Atlanta, mm -hmm. and uh, we ended up losing by one point. We lose by one point, so we lost a chance for the SEC championship and the national championship in one game. Mm -hmm. So we go to that bowl game, and nobody really wants to be there, like because. We felt like we should have been playing for the national championship. And uh, so I actually hurt my ankle in that game. Uh, had kind okay. of a kind of a little high ankle sprain. And so I actually wouldn't have been healthy at the senior bowl if oh. I had gone. Okay. It, you know, okay. so I, it didn't bother me as much because but of that. They didn't, know, they didn't know that, but you know, no, they, 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 they didn't, they, they didn't know, they didn't okay. know that. Okay. They didn't know that, but, um, now it was just kind of funny because I, I can remember I, I had a I think I had a, there were about seven or eight of my teammates that did go. Matter of fact, my roommate was a was a safety that ended up going also. He ended up going, but um, one of my teammates did come to me. Uh, we were at our senior banquet. We were at, at our senior banquet, and after the banquet, guys were going to the uh, going down to the senior bowl in Mobile. And uh, one of my good buddies that was going, he came to me. He said, "Man." He said, "Man, out of everybody that's going, bro, you should be. Go you should have been the first one going." Yep. And you know that, you know, but that that's enough for me. You know, when you yeah. when your teammates, 
your brother. When they say you you know who know you should be there. Yeah, right. When your brothers recognize things and stuff like that, you don't. Yeah, you, you know it, that that didn't really bother me. Uh, right. And like I said, you, this happens you, for a reason. Let me tell you another thing that bothered me though, because I still can remember this. So you went from first round to fourth, fourth round, right? I can name all the safeties that came before you because that draft was only four safeties. It was Chris Hudson from um, Colorado, Colorado, University of Colorado, uh, a guy named Melvin Johnson from Kentucky, which I had never what, heard of. He, he wound up. He went, he went second round. He, right. He, yeah, he, he went in front of everybody. He's a pretty athletic guy, Melvin. He, he's pretty athletic. Uh, okay. But I think he played only three years or something like that, two or three years, which is still good to be right, in the league to play right. that long. Um, and uh, Devin Bush went first round. See, I don't remember first round safety. Was he? Was he first round? Yeah, De Devin Bush uh, played at Florida State. He went to uh, went okay. To okay. All right. Well, well, then I don't know how long Devin played because I don't remember. I don't remember him going first round, but I do remember Orlando Thomas. He went second round to the Vikings. He went to the Vikings. He's good, yeah, good he player. Played, all, all those guys. All those guys were, were good players. Though, all of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They played. I know Leonard Thomas played about five years. Johnson played two or three years. I can't remember how long Devin Bush. And yeah, Devin, uh, it was Devin, Devin, Devin played. Devin played for about, I'd say at least about seven or eight. Uh, okay. Okay. He, he played for a while. He, he was a good player, also. Um, you know, it, it's funny though. You mentioned uh, Melvin. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with uh, with Tampa, with Tampa Bay, <laughs> because Tampa. Uh, they actually called me, like one of their top scouts called me about a week before the draft, maybe less than a week before the draft. He calls and he says, uh, he says, hey, uh, if you're still around, when we pick in the second round, we're going to take you. So, you know, on draft day, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, oh, you know, draft's going by. I'm, I'm really not, I, you know, I wasn't tripping about, you know, not being first round. And that right. draft. But, yeah, we get to the second round and <laughs> Tampa – Picks Melvin Johnson. I was yeah. like, oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, because they had kind of got me. I'm, I'm sitting there expecting to go. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, and the crazy part is when your family members start leaving. All right, Sam. Well, <laughs> we, we know we, we've been here all day. We, we know you're gonna get trapped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually waited to the second day. You're right. I had to wait right. till the second day. Yeah, uh, the beginning of the second day. Uh, Fourth round because back then it was first, second, and third uh, the first day. So, but I still remember telling your mom you could ask. I said, "Say I'm gonna play longer than all these guys," and uh, you got a good eight year run. So you went to the Bengals now, and uh, who was it? Coslet was that the head coach? Actually, we had uh, we had. Oh Dave no, he was from Bama, Shula. Yeah, we, we had Dave Shula. Yeah, uh, that's Mike's brother. That's Mike's. That was Mike. That's Mike's older brother. Uh, Okay. So Mike played quarterback at Bama, but uh, David Shula was the head coach when I got there. And okay. um, after two years, uh, they, they got rid of David, and then it was uh, then it was Bruce Cosby. Bruce Cosby. Yeah, yeah. And then and after the third happened. year is when you went to the Redskins. Well, actually, after my fourth year, so I played in Cincinnati four years. Oh, okay. And then uh, my contract was up. I was a free agent. And uh, then I was able to go hit free agency and kind of make up for not make up for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Draft I remember you telling Mace, man, I'm glad I'm kind of glad I didn't because I might have blown that money up front 
when I first got into the league or something like that, you said. I don't know exactly. Well, what well, well you know, you, you know what's funny about the whole deal, too. Now, you know, mm-hmm. just I, I look back on it. You know, when the draft came around, I, I hadn't turned 22 years old. I was still 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I looked at uh, Devin Bush went to, you know, he went to uh, the Falcons in the first round. Right. So if things had stayed like they were before, you know, before that season when mm-hmm. people had the rated you top been to the Falcons. Well, I probably would have went to Atlanta. But right. 21-year-old Sam Shane wasn't ready <laughs> to go to Atlanta with, first, with, with first-round money. I know. I, I wasn't ready for that. You know, and I thank God. I, I actually, I, I honestly thank God for, for that because the, the Lord knew what he was doing with me. He, he knew I wasn't ready for that. Let's move, let's move him back. Some. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't want me to go out and buy that uh, convertible uh, Corvette and, and drive fast like I used hey, to. So. All your homeboys from Bessemer. Coming over, <laughs> exactly. You know, I get home from practice, and all my my cousins and buddies out there tell me, "Man, we've been waiting on you all day." Let's head to Magic City. <laughs> yeah, man. So, 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 so the Lord knew what He was doing, man. I, yeah. I, I tell you, and I had to go. I, I always say I had to go to Cincinnati, and it's like I had to go to grow, right? You know, and I I felt right. like I grew a lot. You know, in Cincinnati, uh, you know, from a football standpoint and just from a life standpoint, mm-hmm. just you know, just really, it was it was a blessing. Met some great guys. Uh, had some great teammates in Cincinnati. Uh, uh, had some guys, some men of God. Uh, guys like uh, a guy named Leonard Wheeler, uh, Bracy Walker. Wait a minute, you didn't. Um, wait a minute, when Copeland there or Curry Copeland? John, John Copeland was there. Uh, who had, who had okay. played? Who I played with at uh, Alabama. at Alabama? He was there. Mm-hmm. He had been a first round pick uh, two years before I got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like I said, it, 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 I, I had a great time in Cincinnati, and I'm still friends with a lot of guys uh, that I played okay. with in Cincinnati. Still talk to those guys, uh, guys like Big Daddy Dan Wilkerson, shoot. Uh, Tim Johnson, uh, there, there are a lot of them. Uh, Clyde Simmons actually was there for one year with us. Uh, Jeff Blake, I run into Jeff a few times. Uh, you know, he's doing stuff with quarterbacks. He's got a kind of one of those quarterback deals uh, that he does around the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot of good guys in, in, in Cincinnati. Now, now, it was cold. The weather was cold. I, yeah. That was one reason I didn't want to go to Cincinnati. Right. I was like, man, it's cold. <laughs> but, I remember uh, – um, I don't know. Was it? I think it was your rookie season when Mason flew to Birmingham, and then y'all drove up to Cincinnati. Was that your rookie season? Yeah, that that was. Yeah, we did. We drove to training camp. Yeah, okay. Drove, drove to training camp. That that says a lot about him as an agent. You know, exactly he, to do he, that. He, he, to Birmingham to to drive to Cincinnati yeah. with a fourth round draft pick. Right. That's a he lot really, about him. He really he made, made 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 Yeah, yeah. He didn't want to drive anywhere. <laughs> he loved to fly. So every time I would drive, he'd be like, man, how far is it going to be, man? Like, I, we would leave from Atlanta to go to Nashville. He'd crying. I'm like, man, we <laughs> – man, let's fly. I said, man, we're just going over the mountain. He'd be three and a half hours to Nashville for you. sure? You sure? <laughs> he ain't like to drive nowhere. But, yeah, for him to ride all the way up there. And at the time, he's, he's working for – the the biggest sports agency oh, yeah. in the world, IMG. IMG, yeah. At, at the time, I mean, like, so that that said a lot about him, and you know, he's like, IMG the whole time. name or did somebody buy IMG? Or, you know, the largest. 
they, they still have uh, IMG is still around. I, I just don't um, I don't know if it's still the largest sports agency like it was back then. Yeah, the largest one now is uh, that's why I thought it was IMG. Um, God, I can't think of the name of it. They got all the quarterbacks. And because IMG had the tennis players, IMG had oh, yeah. golfers, basketball. Yeah. You know, they had, had a lot of basketball guys. For, uh, exactly. IMG. He was big exactly. at uh, basketball. Yeah, that was, uh, but no, that, that was good stuff, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Mason, man, I, I stayed with him the whole time. Uh, yeah. He played the whole time. Mason, cool dude, man. So I'm going to try to interview Mason. I'm going I'm to get Mason on here, see if I can. You, you, you got to get him on. Yeah. Man. You, talk, you talk about a guy, man, that's represented athletes. Singers, actors, but I watch mean, this. I think I told you this the other day when we talked. He denied it to the end, but I told him to represent Ricky Smiley because I was talking to Ricky. This was like <laughs> I'm serious, man. Ricky was doing commercials for me, and this was like '96. Birmingham's on, yeah, yeah. Birmingham was. I mean, because Ricky was on the radio station in Birmingham. And right. so I was running ads for this phone company I had, and Ricky would do all my commercials. I mean, he had some hilarious commercials, but nobody really knew Ricky as much as Birmingham and maybe Atlanta. But I kept telling Mason, I'm like, man, this dude's going to be big. He's funny. He's going to be hilarious. Man, nobody know who Ricky Smiley is. I said, Mason, <laughs> I said, Mason this dude's going to be funny. Now, to this day, Mason tells me now, I never said that. I said, Mason. Cause I remember talking to Rick. I said, Rick, what you looking for? He said, man, I just need somebody who trusts me. I mean, who I can trust somebody who care about where I'm going because you know, right now I'm just doing my thing. Cause I asked him, I said, you got a, a manager or agent? He said, no. So that's when I called Mason. I said, man, you got, this guy's going to blow up. Oh man, nobody already Rick is mine. So I'm going to get him. I'm going to interview him and see if he's going he to admit that. Because well, well, I'll tell you what, all, you, sh- you should have got him in the car with you and let him listen to the Ricky, Ricky Smiley morning yeah, show. In the exactly. Morning. He was doing everything. Right. He was killing it. He, he was killing it on that morning show. Matter of fact, Rick told me he was doing so many commercials that at the time they wouldn't let him do any more of my commercials on the, because he was on in the morning and they were running those commercials in the morning. And that they okay. didn't want him to be on the air, and then the, that was at that time. I don't know; they still probably do. They probably do that now, but at that time they wouldn't do it. So, right. but I ain't talked to Rick since then, man. That was that's been twenty years almost. So, um, but yeah, I still remember that to the T. So now you go to Washington, all right? You get to the Redskins, and uh, that was ninety nine. That was ninety nine. Went to right, so ninety nine. That year you get there. What was y'all record? We went, we, I think we went 10 and six in the regular season. And then we went to the playoffs. Uh, we won the first round game, the uh, wild card game. And then we ended up losing to uh, Tampa. We lost to Tampa, Tampa by three points uh, the next round. Had, had them, should have beat them. Has, had some plays that happened and, you know, wasn't able to pull it off, but. I mean, we had, we had a good year that year. Had, had, a, had a really good year. A lot of people didn't expect that. The next year, we had some really high expectations. That's what, that's, that was 2000, right? That's the year you had nine first-rounders starting? Name, name some of the guys that was on that team. Well, we had we, – just on defense, we had nine first-rounders on our defense uh, starting. Uh, I mean, Bruce Smith, Hall of Famer, he had come over from Buffalo. 
Uh, we had uh, Deion Sanders came over from the Cowboys. Uh, we already had Champ Champ Bailey and already had uh, Darrell Green on that team, but had some other guys. Marco Coleman, uh, first-round DN, uh, was playing with us. Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson playing D-tackle inside. Uh, Dana Stubblefield was playing defensive tackle. Man, Mark Carrier was playing safety first-rounder from USC, who I, who I thought, man, I, I thought he was really special. Uh, as, yeah. as safety. Uh, just was a true ball hawk. And, man, a couple other guys, a couple of line. Oh, LeVar Arrington was playing linebacker. That's he right. was a rookie. Uh, rookie first-round pick. He was the second pick in the draft. And, man, there was another linebacker that was the first round, the Robert – I want to say Robert Evans. Robert – Was Darryl Green there? Dar- Darryl Green was there. Uh, Darryl okay. Green was on that team. So, we had we had three Hall of Fame corners. Wow. On one team. And, uh, and, and, and we really – we really, if we had stayed healthy, we had we had injuries on offense uh, that that hurt us. Uh, Michael Westbrook was playing receiver; he dealt with some injuries that year. Uh, was out. Uh, Stephen Davis was had some nagging injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. Our running back, who had been a Pro Bowler the year before, our uh, quarterback uh, Brad Johnson, kind of dealt with some injuries. We we lost our top offensive lineman, got guy by the name of Trey Johnson, uh, that played old line. So. Offensive, we just we we had a hard time scoring points, but defensive, we were really good. We were top five defense. Matter of fact, we played the Ravens that year, and they won the Super Bowl that year, and they had a great defense. Uh, people say one of the best, mm-hmm. and we ended up beating them at our place uh, about the middle of the season. And, you hmm. know, then those injuries just kind of kept you know took their toll on us, and you know so that was kind of the team that we thought we were gonna go. And you know you get those right. injuries and it doesn't happen. So we we had oh, look. We up eight and eight and didn't make the playoffs. I remember. Um, well, let, let's talk about. I just read something two days ago that said the Redskins had the least amount of season tickets sold this year, and they almost is the worst fan base this year that they've seen. But in two thousand, wow. wow, the Redskins was the number one fan base in the NFL. I remember that. They were the number one. They sold more tickets than anything in 2000. Well, we, we played we, we played four games. We, we had four Monday night games that year. I mean, that's that's how wow. – I mean, it, it was crazy. I mean, just because of the star power that we had on that team, you think about obviously Deion Sanders, who's right. still just a, you know, a mega, mega hold star. On, hold on, hold on a second. Before you go into all that, give me a Deion Sanders story because I know you've got <laughs> – I know you got to have a prime time story. That <laughs> so let man, me. I, 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 I give you a quick one on 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 prime, man. I'll never forget. You know when he first got there, I wasn't playing like I, I started on defense, so I played kickoff team and punt team to help the team. Mm-hmm. But prime made me want to play on the punt return team. He want he want he want he made me want to play punt return. Oh, you can block for him or something. <laughs> yeah, so I can block for him. But but this is the reason. So the first special teams meeting we have, the special teams coordinator gets up, uh, a guy named Charles Daniels. He says, uh, "Hey, uh, Prime, want to say something to you guys? Uh, Dion want to want to want to talk to the team for a minute, to the group, to the special team group." And he said he walked up. He said, "I got four. For the rope. And I'm looking like the rope. He like, I got four for the rope. He was talking about Rolex. So basically okay. what he said, 
Yeah, if you're on the punt return team and he returned four punt returns for a touchdown, everybody get a Rolex. Everybody get a Rolex. <laughs> so, man, I'll try. I'll try to get on the punt return team. <laughs> I'm man. Man, I oh, can't, man. man. Yeah, you, you you talk about a guy, man, that uh, you know, he kind of he, he kept it light, man. He he saved some stuff. I remember back in the day you told me one about uh when you did that commercial though. What about that one? Oh man. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, back then, like I said, we had all those big, big soup national stars, you know, like Champ and Dion and Doggone LeVar, all those guys doing big national commercials. Well, I, I wasn't a bad player. Like, I, I led the team in tackles uh, the year before that and, you know, was doing pretty good. And so uh, I had some local stuff going on. Like, I'd, I'd have, like, a car deal or, you know, autograph sessions I'd do at different places. But I had a clothing deal with a clothing store, and I did a commercial for them. So I go do this commercial. And when I go in, because, you know, I, I've been on television before, like, on little shows. And normally, you know, with brothers, man, they'll kind of dash your forehead with a little bit of, you know, makeup, makeup or whatever, mm-hmm. keep the shine off. That right, right, right. So there's certain things they do to prepare you to get on television. And so they didn't do none of that. I mean, I'm looking like I don't see hardly any lights for lighting, all that type of stuff. So I'm like, man, this thing going to be bootleg, you know. <laughs> but I go ahead, I do the commercial. And uh, about a week later, I'm sitting in the locker room. No, wait, wait. What, what did the commercial show? Was it on cable? Or was it on what? It, it was okay. So that that's the funny part. So it was, you know, back then, like uh, you had your major stations, and then you had the little off-brand stations, and that only people in this in your in your town saw, and a lot of people didn't watch some of the stations. So right, it was on like a little 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 uh, station that I didn't think anybody was going to be paying attention to. It. I, I think nobody's <laughs> going to watch it, right? So, so sure enough. I'm sitting in the locker room one day. Dion comes in and he walks over. He says, Shade, do you want me to bring the tape in or you gonna bring it in? He said, Man, that commercial will boot leg. <laughs> I said, I, I just looked at him. I was like, man, he just started laughing, man. Hey, so, out of all people, he the one who saw it. Out of all people, he the one that saw it, man. And I'm I'm, I'm telling you now, so <laughs> I mean, he, he he was a funny guy, though. He was funny. So what was your best time in Washington that you could think of? Like, um, now, did you live in the city? You live in Maryland? Where did you live? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting deal. You know, it's the Washington Redskins. The team is not in D.C. Uh, they used to be in D.C. when they when they were playing at RK Stadium. Mm-hmm. So the stadium is in Landover, Maryland. Okay. And the team practice facility is in uh, Ashburn, Virginia, which is right next to uh, Dulles Airport. Okay. So, so, so actually, the the practice facility and the stadium, without traffic, are about fifty minutes apart. You know? Wow. With traffic, which in DC there's always a lot of yeah, traffic. traffic. Mm-hmm. Talking about over an hour drive to get there. So. Right. So it was just kind of a kind of an interesting deal. Uh, but I, I lived out in Virginia. Uh, pretty much everybody, all our players lived out in Virginia. Kind of in between? Yeah. Say again? Was it kind of in between? Well, well, no, actually, uh, most guys lived in Ashburn, right? Right out by the practice facility. Oh, okay. I, I, I probably lived about, I was about 
15, 20 minutes from the practice facility. Um, without tra Actually, I always went against traffic when I was going. So I, I lived a little bit closer to D.C. So I'd be driving out, uh, you know, toward Ashburn. So really, really didn't have to be in any, any traffic and stuff like that. You, you know, you, you, you kind of asked me about what was uh, kind of my best, I guess, uh, some, some of my best times in a... Uh, right. Well, you, you know, the, the first thing is just the uh, same thing. That, the thing about the NFL, you know, you meet some some guys that you probably never would have met from all over the country. Uh, you know, guys like Daryl Green, who, uh, you know, I, I consider him like a big brother to me. He actually, uh, this past week, came and spoke to our team over at wow. the college. Yeah, he, okay. he came by, came by uh, first day of classes for this semester. Uh, he calls me a few days before because, you know, he he'll you know he'll call every now and then and just it, it could be a month or two, but we always pick up where we left off. You know, that's how guys are. We yeah yeah yeah. And so he says, "Hey Shade, man, I'm, I'm I'm coming through your town, man. I'm going I'm going to Houston, which is his hometown." And mm -hmm. he says, "So, man, I, I want to talk to some of your players for you, like we've been talking about." So I'm like, "Man, we got a team meeting going on. You're gonna be right on time." So, wow. You know, do those guys actually appreciate? Do they know who he is? I know their parents probably know, but do they know who Daryl Green is? Well, well I, I showed a great video on him. Okay. Uh, you, you know, he was. I showed a video. You know that talked about him being, you know, one of the uh, one of the top one hundred players to ever play. Uh, also, being a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, he he actually a lot of people don't know it, but you know he won that fastest man competition, NFL fastest man competition. He won it four times. You know, every time he did it, he won it. But, uh, you know, talked about him playing 20 years and, you know, just just being a great teammate. You know, you know, did him so and Prime was, ever go at it running? Did they ever race? You, you, you know what's funny? They never they never raced in Washington. Everybody wanted to see it, but they never raced. It, it is funny. One of my uh, one of my players actually asked actually asked uh, D, uh, D. Green. He asked him, he, he, one of my players asked D. Green, he said, hey, man, uh, man, who was the fastest between you and Dion? Did y'all ever race when y'all was in Washington? And so, you know, he was like, nah, he said, we never raced. But he said, now this is what, what Daryl, now Daryl, I mean, you're talking about a guy, you know, he seems mild-mannered, but, but, but he likes competition. Right. And so he said, he said, yeah, we never raced, but they did invite him to the uh, NFL fastest man deal, and he never showed up. So I guess that was Daryl's way of saying that he probably was faster. So. He didn't want to compete. I got you. He didn't yeah, want to so, compete. So, but, but, but you never know. He might have been playing baseball, too. Cause that, that, and that was the thing about Prime, man. Uh, you know, talking to him back then, you know, a lot of people saw the glitz and glamour. I don't think people realized how hard he worked. Like, uh, I, I remember having a conversation with him and um, – we were talking about, uh, you know, just going. I, I said, man, I, I said one day, I said, man, uh, where, where, where all have you been, you know, in the world or whatever? And he's like, mm -hmm. he said, really, man, I haven't. He's like, he hadn't been a lot of places. And I said, man, come on, man. He's like, nah. He said, because he said, you know, doing the football and baseball thing, he just said he would go right from football to baseball. So he didn't have a lot of free time to travel and stuff. No. And uh, matter of fact, he just said that. When he got uh when he married his second wife, that was the first time he had really been out of the country. They got married in the islands or something like that. So 
you know, so you you can you can appreciate you know guys like that, uh, Hall of Famers. Yes, they're great athletes. Uh, him and him and Dow Green, just super athletes. They've been given a lot of God-given ability, but the work ethic that those guys have is just—it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, the work, man. I can imagine that. Now, I remember. Um, I think it was your last year. It might have been your last year. Two thousand two was it? Two thousand two was your last year. You were injured, right? I think two thousand two. I had I had a neck injury uh, late in the season. I think it was the, about the tenth tenth game of the season. I had a neck injury. Uh, uh-huh. Went on injury reserve and. Uh, basically, after seeing a few doctors and specialists, had one of the doctors, you know, tell me, said, Mr. Shade, uh, I just got to tell you, you know, I don't know. The next time you go out there and hit somebody, you know, you might not you might not get up. And so, yeah, yeah, that, that was that was enough for me to say, hey, it's, it's time to walk away from it. Uh, you know, it was tough. It, it was tough to do it, but it was the right thing to do. That's crazy because what I'm about to say is it's kind of the same thing that, well, this happened to Micah Irvin on the field in Philadelphia. Um, and that's what you made sure didn't happen to you. Um, but I wanted to talk about that year you gave me two tickets. I don't know if you remember <laughs> to go to the Redskins and the Philly game. That was the last NFC East game at the vet. Oh because wow! They was, tear, wow. they was tearing down the vet that year. They was gonna tear down wow. employees. Yeah, and so I was there. You gave me some excellent seats, man. I was there. Uh, took a part to the behind game. the Redskins bench. Yeah, right behind the bench, man. I mean, it was excellent, man. I was like, but it was so many fights in the stand. I didn't know how Philly, man. They fight so much. I didn't know they had a courtroom in the in the stadium. You know what I'm saying? They were taking jokers to the courtroom and. People were pulling off bleachers and stuff, even though they had one more game. I think they had a Tampa game or something. But that was the last NFC, NFC East game in Veterans Memorial Stadium in Philadelphia because they, you know, they, they blew they it down, down. Blew it up and, and built another stadium. I still remember well, that game. Well, I, I, bet, I bet it was really crazy in that game, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just because of the significance of the game, the last yep. game in that stadium. Oh, man, it was crazy. I mean, it was insane. It, it was fights, fights everywhere, man. I'm glad I didn't come in there with no gear on or nothing. I just came in, had a good time, had a partner of mine with me, and um, they had a great time, though. So, man, let me ask you a few questions. I'm going to ask you a few trivia questions okay. uh, about Bama, see if you know. The mascot, the dude on the, the big elephant on the sideline, what's his name? Big Al. That's an easy one. So I'm going to start That's off easy. with that. I got, I got some more easy. for you. Uh, who did Alabama beat in the 1993 Sugar Bowl? <laughs> That's another easy one. Uh, <laughs> University of Miami Hurricane. All right. Okay. All right. Derek Thomas set a record for most sacks in the career at Bama. How many sacks did he get? In, the, in a career? At Bama. He set the record. Man, that, 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 that's a tough one. I I, I knew the se- the season one was like 20-something, wasn't it, for a season? I don't, know, I don't know. I just got the answer for the whole career at Bama. All right, you got to give me the answer on that. 52. Right? 52, that was the record. Yeah. How many? 52. Wow, 52 sacks in yep. four years. This could have been – I'm trying – I can't remember when your Bobby Humphrey came out. Did he go first round? He went first round also. To Denver. To Denver. Okay. Wow. 
You ever see Biscuit? You, you know, I used to see him a little bit. Um, you know, he he lives in uh he lives down in South Florida, but his mother actually lives right next door to one of my first cousins uh, down in like the uh, Herytown Pleasant Grove area. Okay. Now his mother passed away, so obviously I hadn't seen him in a while. But I used to see him sometimes when he was at his mother's house. If I was at my cousin's house. Yeah. What what did you what did you like about his game? Oh man, shoot! Biscuit was versatile, man. I mean, number one, he he could run. I mean, he he that was the thing about him and Derek Thomas. Watching those guys, like for me as a young guy, back when they were playing, I was early high school, maybe middle school. I mean, those guys were athletic. They could run, and and they were physical guys. And you know, those are things I, I liked about you know just watching them run guys down right. and things like that. But but it's kind of funny, like you said. Um, you know, I really pay more attention to guys like um, like Bobby Humphrey, for instance, when I was growing up because I, I was a running back growing right. up. And so I wanted to be, you know, kind of wanted to be the next Bobby Humphrey when I went to Alabama, okay. but uh, played both ways in high school. And they felt like they needed me on defense more than uh, on offense because they had guys, you know, like you said, uh, Derek Lassick, second round draft pick uh, at running back, Sherman Williams. Uh, we came in together. Right, and there were some other guys. Uh, there's some other guys that played uh, pro ball that were running back. So, Hump uh, played at uh, Glenn, right? Uh, Bobby Bobby Hump played at Glenn. Yeah, R- right off the interstate. Yeah, right off the interstate. I went to Glenn summer school one year, man. That was the best time I ever had. <laughs> Glenn was Glenn was known for, uh, and they don't have that anymore. Those uh, remember we used to have shop. When you go learn to be a mechanic, you can go learn to do a lot of stuff. They had, uh, and they took that out of the schools, man. So people would leave high school with trades, you know. Well, well, you know that's that, that's funny you say that. They 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 still actually got it uh, uh, here here in uh, here in Alabama and Birmingham. Really? Matter of fact, I was talking to a recruit. Uh, we we had we had a recruiting weekend this past weekend. Had some had some guys in, and one of the local guys. I, I won't name the high school, but. Uh, you know, they've still got, you know, like the automotive shop, the uh, what do you call it? Uh, collision, what, you know, where they can fix. They, they can do like uh, dents and all that type of stuff, fix all that. They, they've still got it. So uh, it's, 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 yeah. it's actually um, still pretty big. And some some places have, for instance, where I know there's one county here in Alabama where they've got this academy of crafts where students actually leave school at a certain time of day. And they can go do HVAC, plumbing, uh, wow. all those different trades. And a lot of them, as soon as they get out of high school, they they've got jobs because okay. they've been, you know, been doing that. So that's a good thing, man. Because I remember, you know, my high school had it, but they took it away, and they started taking it away from a lot of schools. So I'm assuming they brought them back. But Glenn was big for that. Glenn had whole separate side of the campus was, you know, for that kind of stuff. I didn't know that. One one of my one of my brother-in-laws, uh, who, who's older than me, he actually uh, did welding at, at Winona. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know at one time, you know, I, I won't say where he was working, but he was working for a company and he was making over $100,000 a year. I mean, really? Yeah, he was, he was doing one, one of the uh, automotive uh, companies here in Alabama. You know, that's become pretty big because you've got Mercedes. Mercedes is here. Uh, Honda, Ma, mm-hmm. Honda, Hyundai. So you've got a lot of uh, auto suppliers here, and so they do a lot of that work for uh, Mercedes and places like that. So 
you know, there, there's some there's some uh, alternative alternative opportunities for um, for students that don't want to go to a four year college right. or things like that. That's pretty cool. You know, funny story. I, I used to think like Biscuit was like, what year did he graduate from high school? Was it 83, 84? Uh, I can't remember. I'm not. I'm not sure. Had, if he graduated, if he got went to the league in '87, did he play four years? He did. Okay. He did. So that means he had to graduate in '83. Um, right. That that that'd be dead on. He would have played right. '83, '84, '85, '86. So he was a couple years. He was a couple years behind me. But I remember in high school when we played Ansley, his school. It was a dude on his team, man, that we used to call Netroll. Cause he used okay. to wear this big old neck roll, right? You remember the neck rolls the players wear? You have, did you have a neck roll? Man, I I I wore one maybe once in, in in little league. It didn't feel good, so I stopped wearing it. So we were watching neck roll on film, man. He come down killing people, and I I thought afterwards when I left high school and you know went on, I thought because I went to Jackson State, and I thought that was biscuit. Okay, and I realized it wasn't him. It was another dude on his team, man, in Inslee. This dude, man, he he was a beast, man. He's had his big neck roll on, and we watched him on film, and he just come down, just tearing people down, man. I was like, but that wasn't him, so I don't know. I can't even think anybody else who left Ensley that went to that did anything. I don't know if you know any. Did anybody else go to Bama from Ensley? You, you know, they they had some guys uh, after you and a little bit before me that went to uh, went went to like Auburn. Uh, this guy named uh, Tony Russell. Uh, went down mm-hmm. to Auburn. He was a couple years ahead of me. They had another guy, I forget his name, uh, big tall receiver slash tight end uh, that also went to Auburn. Okay. Uh, it, it was kind of fun. I think they kind of had an Auburn connection after uh, Biscuit left and went to Alabama because they had okay. a couple guys. Matter of fact, a guy named Ramon Luster, a good friend of mine, uh, played linebacker. Uh, we both came out the same year. He went to Auburn. I went to Alabama. From Inslee? Yeah, he, he was from Inslee. Okay. All right. Let's uh let's run through a few little mental toughness questions and ask you this. Um, do you think that sports help cultivate that mental toughness for your mindset from growing up as a kid playing sports and all of that? And how does it help some kid now? Because a lot of kids, well, you got parents are saying they don't want the kids to play football. Well, first off, first off, I feel like uh, sports definitely plays a part in helping develop mental toughness in, in, in young men. I, I'm a big believer in it. Um, I, I look at myself, uh, you know, I talk, I talk to you about some of the things I went through, you know, in college football, uh, the, the ups and downs that you go through, the adversity that you face, and you learn how to face that adver- adversity. Because one, one thing about, about football, for instance, when you're playing football, we video everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're out there and you're, shine away from stuff or, or you're not uh, competing the way you need to compete, it's, it's going to get pointed out. And either you're going to quit the team or, or, or you're going to keep doing it until, you know, you finally realize, hey, I, I've got to do better. So I, I think it teaches you to face adversity and to push through things and to persevere when, when, when times get tough. And I, I've seen that not just for myself, but uh, I've got teammates that have uh, gone through things in in sports that that's helped them later on in life. So they would point that out on on uh, when y'all would have film day or whatever. Would that be for the 
defense only and offense only. So y'all would be there and they would point out some things in front of everybody. Well, so so when I was at Bama, uh, like I said, Gene Stallings, our head coach, man, uh, you, you're talking about holding you accountable and uh, he didn't care who you were. He points you out. So on Mondays, so when I was in school, after our games on Saturday, we, we would have Sunday off. Now, some people do it differently. Some people go in on Sundays and have Monday off. But back when I was in school, we would have Sunday off. We'd go in and have meetings on Monday. And basically, Coach Stallings would call it Tell the Truth Monday, where basically the whole team's sitting there, and we're watching the good and the bad. And it didn't, it didn't matter whether we won or lost, that good and bad tape was going to get showed and he was going to point guys out. And, I mean, like, I'd be sitting there like, oh, man, he about to get that play while, while I missed that tackle or I got ran over or something like that. So, you know, I thought that was good because, you know, it puts you on the spot in front of your teammates and, and you had to make a choice, a decision. Are you going to keep letting that happen? You, you're going to come in here every week and he's going to talk about the same thing, going to talk about you. You know, so I, I thought that was really good. You know, he held a lot of guys accountable by, by doing are you, that. Are you doing that? Say again? Are you doing that? You know what? I, I do some of that, but, you mm -hmm. know, I, what I tend to do, I try to let my, my coaches take ownership. Uh, the way that I coach, uh, you know, I talk about my defense coordinator. He's the head coach of the defense. Offense coordinator, he's the head coach of the offense. And so I try to let those guys take ownership. So, I do point some things out. I, I will do that every now and then. I won't do it every week. And, you know, now it's it's a little bit different as far as just uh, the way we do our meetings and stuff. Like, I, I like I don't like to take up too much time having the whole team in a meeting for 30 minutes because now right. the NCAA says that you can't meet with you, you can't spend with 20 hours a week with those players so we have to be strategic and wow you know how we how we do those meetings and stuff ed said the most important thing is film study why because you have to watch yourself repetitively over and over and over again doing the same thing i'll never forget this the first time i met ray he said believe what you see and what you study what you study on this tape and what you see it's gonna happen it's just a matter of time when. Me and him always used to say this. You can fool us once, but you will never fool us twice. This guy, they're going to put the same formation and, and they're going to flip it. But this same play, I want you to watch. I hesitated. Go. You saw me? Watch this. Hesitate, hesitate, hesitate. Go block. Right. Now watch this. A few plays later, that same play gonna come back to haunt him. If you got beat on the play the week before or in the first half, they gonna come back to it. Like Ray said, they came back to the play. Same play. Remember this time, the tight end was on the line to the right. That's why the game is so repetitive. Believe it. It'll never it. change. Look, believe you'll it. You'll never it now, get me twice. Guys. You'll never get me believe twice. Believe it, man. <laughs> believe it. The game is mastery, guys. If you're playing against Peyton, and Peyton comes up to the line and he sees Ed cheating, he check it. If Ed check it, Ed looking at me saying, Lou, we got to switch that. We switch. Brady come to the line, Brady check it, we check it. Switch that, switch that. No, we got to go to this side. No, oh, tight end going to go on motion. Right. But when you have to play against minds, every little thing is a chess match. It ain't checkers. In college and high school, y'all playing checkers. Usually the best player can double jump and do all this. Man, when you get to the league, partner, it's a whole nother ball game. 
Did you play other sports? You played basketball or foot? I mean, baseball. I uh, played played basketball growing up and uh, ran track growing up. Uh, I, actually, track was. Uh, I really really enjoy running track. Love running track. Uh, matter of fact, I, I I thought I wanted to run track in college because I ran in high school. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, I went out to. Uh, the end of my freshman year, they had this thing in Alabama called Alabama Relays, and they'd have teams from all over the country come in for this meet. And I mean, they they were from everywhere. Yeah, I remember Alabama. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I go to the meet, and so uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the stands watching because I'm thinking about going out for the team. And there was a guy that went to high school with me that was faster than me. He was running at Southern Miss. Uh, there was another guy that was the fastest guy in the city that was running in a race. And uh, one of my teammates, a guy named Kevin Lee, who uh, was a second-round pick to uh, New England wide receiver. And so all, all these guys could could fly. And uh, they're running the 200 meters. And, and so they take off, and we're all trying to figure out who's going to win. We didn't know the other guys. But there were two guys that smoked those guys. I'm talking about blew the do- doors off of them. Really? After that? I didn't want to run track no more. <laughs> I was like, forget that. I know those guys are fast because I've been running against them. I'm about to take you back. You probably didn't even know this. Did you know they used to have track meets at Legion Field? Didn't know that. Watch this. My dad taught at Hudson Elementary School over in Carver, over North Birmingham, right down the street from Carver, right? So uh, is Hudson still there? Hudson, actually, I think it is still there. I, I don't okay. I don't I don't know if it's a, if it's a school. In um, but he also coached track. So when I was real young, I would go and if, you know how the uh, where all the fans walk around the field, the that stadium around the gate, that was a track. Okay. I, so I, I, I can tell you that now. Man, I'm going to tell you something. When you would come around that track, it was actually like what, where the, the locker room is. Right. That was like a tunnel. So players, I mean, track stars, I mean, when they were running that, that 100 meter, I mean, uh, what's, what you call it, 480? The 480? 100 meter, they would run through the tunnel? Yes. And, boy, somebody <laughs> would go through the tunnel first, and they'd come out on the other side behind. Because you couldn't tell. Once they went through that tunnel, you couldn't see. <laughs> and so <laughs> they went through that tunnel and looped around. And when they came out, it was always somebody else. Because in wow. that tunnel, somebody would walk them down. Man, that was crazy. I still remember sitting in the stands watching that because we, we would see everybody go in that tunnel and we would wait for them to go around the locker room and then come out on the other side. And there's always somebody else that came out on the other side, man. Uh, wow, wow. Yeah, that was crazy, man. I, I, that was back in the day when they did that uh, at Legion Field. Um, what, which, which sport do you think has the most – where you have to be the most mental – Mentally tough. I know you're gonna say football. That's what you play. But is it? What do you think? <laughs> well, 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 well you, you know, obviously, I, I would, I would think football. But I, I think in all sports, you've got to have a, you got to have a level of mental toughness. Uh, I, I think you've got to, you know, whether it's whether it's basketball. I mean, baseball. You get up there to the plate. I mean, you're up there by yourself. All eyes on you. Whether you're a pitcher, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're the uh, the guy that's at up up the bat. I mean, all eyes are on you, so you you got to have a certain level of right. mental toughness to go out and compete, and and to do it over and over again, and you know, be consistent in in what you do. 
that that's the thing that you're always striving for. Like uh, we we talk about, for instance, you know, with our team, you know, I talk to our guys about. You, you, it's almost like school, you, you know, you're trying to you're always trying to be perfect. You're always trying to make a 100, make an A plus, all that type of stuff. Now, we know that's not always going to happen. Right. But we want to get as close to that as possible. So I think you've got to have a level of mental toughness to always be striving for that. And and even when you don't have success, uh, it was like I, I tell I tell my players, uh, you know, I remember playing in the NFL and it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, it's all about the matchups. Uh, they used to have a show called NFL matchups and they show mm-hmm. this this left tackle against this DN, this cornerback against this receiver, all that stuff. And, and to me, that's how it was. And so I can remember playing ball games that we we lost the game where well, we won the game. And I might have felt like I lost. And somebody said, why do you feel that way? Well, because the Match guy up. I was going against, he had more oh. wins against me than I had against him. On film day, you're going to see that. Yeah, yeah. So so, so, so that, was, that was kind of my thing. I tell my, te- I tell my guys, look. I mean, you're always trying to win your matchups and you want to be as close to 100% as possible. Now, that ain't going to always happen. Like, I, right. I, I tell you, uh, you know, I can remember playing NFL and, you know, playing safety. Uh, when it was passing situations, I used to cover, like, you know, the top tight ends, uh, like Tony Gonzalez or Shannon Sharp, or sometimes I cover, like, the good pass catching running backs, you know, like Marshall Falk, guys like that. And and that's that's tough duty, right. <laughs> you know. So yeah, I, I can remember one game. Uh, I was in Cincinnati. We played um, we played Denver, and I had a pretty good game against Shannon Sharp. You know, one that year. Mm-hmm. Well, two years later, I'm in Washington, and he's with Baltimore with the Ravens, and we win the game. But I felt like I lost because <laughs> he, he caught he caught like six or seven balls on me that that game. He didn't he didn't score he didn't catch a touchdown. Yeah, but man, he gave me that work that day. And I was, was he like, talking smack or was he what? No, no, he he wasn't talking smack. He was just playing. I mean, like okay. you know, I, he was locked in, focused. He he was he was he was playing. You know, and he had he an answer. That. He, he remembered you. He already said, "I got to get this you, back." You, you know what? I I, I kind of thought about it like that because mm-hmm. I, I said maybe you know I, I think he must have you know thought about the game before. What do you think you learned from the NFL that made you feel like you could coach? Well, I, I'll tell you uh, one thing I learned, and, and, and learned this from from some veteran guys, older guys. When I when I first got to the NFL, you you always had guys. To me, just about, most guys that make it to an NFL training camp, mm-hmm. they're good enough. They're good enough, but it's only so many spots. It's a numbers game, right? Well, and some guys get caught up in that. Like I've seen young guys come in and they start doing the math and counting. They're like, well, they're, they're only going to keep five cornerbacks or they're only going to keep four safeties. So, man, I might, I'm not going to make the team. You know, Mentally, they already out of it. And, and so they'll basically, they don't physically walk away from the team, but they mentally check out. Yeah. You know, and they, they stop really like locking in and studying and focusing. And so, to me, they, they, they cut themselves. Right. And, and one thing I learned from the, from the NFL is don't cut yourself. And, and the older guys used to say to the young guys, they say, look, hey, man, do the best you can do 
prepare as hard as you can during the week and then go out and play as hard as you can play. And if it's not good enough, there's 31 other teams out there. Yeah. Thir- 31 others. And and so I, I can remember a couple guys. Uh, I played with a guy in Cincinnati. He gets cut from the Bengals. He goes to Denver, wins the Super Bowl. Wow. Same year. Same year he gets cut from us, he goes to Denver, wins the Super Bowl. Same thing, I'm in Washington. Guy got cut from us, goes to uh, New England to the Patriots, wins the Super Bowl. So that's – you know, that's that's how I look at don't cut right. yourself. So so in coaching, for me, I'm always gonna do the best job I can do. And if it's not good enough, then hey, you, you learn from it and you move on. You, you know, and and the thing about coaching, you, you know, sometimes if it's not good enough, then you do have to move on. But <laughs> you know, there, there are other teams out there. The prime say you either what you he said you you're either being terminated or elevated. Oh, yeah, elevate. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so I mean, that's what I took from NFL. So I, I don't get caught up in, you know, especially when, you know, I've coached high school ball and, you know, even college. But, you know, you have a lot of parents that, you know, feel a certain way about their kids. And, and then you just have people that don't – that think they know the game that don't really know the game. Oh, and, and so I don't, I don't listen to the outside noise and all that type of stuff. You know, I, I tell my coaches – you know, if if they're not in here every day watching film and at practice with you, why are you listening to them? They they don't know the, the team like like you know the team. They don't know the players the way you know the players. So let's talk about Briarwood. Then was the Cleveland next, or was it uh, Georgia State? Well, um, my oldest son actually, uh, when when I moved to Birmingham, just kind of a interesting deal. Mm-hmm. I never thought I wanted to coach. Coach, never thought I wanted to teach and coach. Uh, I got a got a finance degree from Alabama. Um, you know, thought I thought out the football, I'd go into business. Uh, didn't know if I'd go into banking or whatever. Or mm-hmm. actually, I actually got my insurance license when I first got out of uh, out of football here in Birmingham, and kind of dabbled and dabbled in that. But my mm-hmm. oldest son was playing football at a school called Briarwood Christian. It's, it's a private school. Uh, and so a friend of mine was coaching there, a buddy of mine from Alabama. So he got me to uh, volunteer coach. And so I actually did it with my oldest son team. Uh, he was in middle school, did middle school, did ninth grade, did varsity. And next thing you know, a guy by the name of Pat Sullivan, who we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. who had recruited me to Auburn. We had a great relationship. And you know this, you know, you know, Pat Sullivan is actually from West End. Was supposed to go. Was supposed to go to West End High School, right? But I uh, went to John Carroll. But, right. Uh, he called me up, had me come over, talk to me a little bit. He had been kind of following me, uh, you know, since I started coaching high school ball, and and basically offered me a job coaching uh, defensive backs. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I went from, you know, the high school level to uh, to college, and the rest was kind of. I go now, from, was your son playing then when you coached the defensive back? Well, actually, my son, my oldest son was actually, he was actually a linebacker. He played running back and linebacker. So I, I wasn't really coaching him per se. But he was um, there. He was there. But I, I went to Sanford. I actually went to Sanford. I was at Sanford a year before he came. So he actually, I was oh, wait, coaching. Wait, 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 wait. Well, okay, I thought it was Briarwood first. Right, but my son, when I took the uh, Sanford job, he was still in That's high school. That's where you okay, okay. He was still in high school. He didn't come till later. 
Okay. He, he came. He came over uh, later. So you were at Sanford uh, four years. I was actually I was at Sanford seven seven and a half years. Wow. Um, the classic game, Alabama State A and M. That's a big game every year in Birmingham. Um, big game. Yep. <laughs> Huge. But I remember your senior year. You remember what the big game was? Because I saw you at the game. I didn't go to the classic. I went to another game. Oh, you talking about Sanford and uh, Alcorn State? Alcorn with Steve McNair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. oh, yeah. it was yeah. packed out at Legion Field and it was packed out at Stanford. And they went into halftime. Alcorn was down by 30-some points, right? That's right. That's and right. McNair came back and they tied. I think the game was a tie. It ended in a tie, right? Uh, I can't well, I recall. I, 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 I know they came know. back. I know McNair. Uh, you know that was the uh, that was the largest game at Sanford. Sanford, probably probably in their hit in their history. Man, that that was that was a huge game. That game was I, I was, out, but they went Alcorn went in at halftime down like thirty to nothing. And oh, yeah. Al McNair came out that second half, man, and he lit them up, boy. He came out. <laughs> I mean, he. I, I want to say the game ended 36-36 or something like that. I'm about to Google it and check it out. Anybody at Sanford um, that went to the league? Oh, okay. As far as players, when I when I coached there, there for seven years, you were there. I tell you what, uh, while I was there, we 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 actually, man, we we had we had two defensive backs that were second round draft picks, 
Uh, we and we had a couple defensive linemen. Matter of fact, uh, we've got a, we've got a kid. Uh, there's a guy, James Bradbury, plays for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the other mm-hmm. corner, he's 24. Uh, he starts for the Eagles. He actually was a second round pick. Uh, one of the guys I coached while I was there uh, from Pleasant Grove, right right here in Birmingham, from Pleasant Grove. I uh, had another guy. We had a D lineman that was there, a guy named Nick Williams uh, from from Minor. He uh, he's I want to say he's playing for uh, I think Chicago or Detroit playing D line. Um, but we we actually I tell you we we did pretty good. Uh, did a good job of evaluating talent, but also developing those guys when they got there. You know I feel like we did a really good job of developing those guys. And and people say, well, what are you talking about? Like. Uh, we had a safety guy named Jaquaski Tart that um, he, he got drafted second round. So he goes, he, he went to uh, San Francisco and he played there, played like seven years with San Fran. And so anyway, uh, when he went out to San Francisco, he comes back to uh, Birmingham that summer after minicamp, all that stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm always looking to get better. I don't feel like I know it all. So I asked him, I sat him down, I said, well, hey, you know, how, how'd everything go? And then I was like, man, you learn anything new, you know, and I'm just trying to, you know, pick his brain. And he said, coach, he said, shoot, man, everything, everything we doing out there, we were doing here. You know, he's talking about as far as the drills and wow. techniques and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he says, coach, he said, but coach. Man, some of these guys don't know nothing. You know, like he's like some of these guys don't <laughs> yeah, like coach at all. Right, right. <laughs> and so I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, what, what? he said, man. He said, coach, like this one guy, man. Shit, coach. The coach had to go over everything with him, man. They have to like keep him out there and do the drills. He, you know, he had like he never did the drills. And I'm like, well, man, everybody don't have the same coaching in college. He like, but coach. Man, he played in the SEC. <laughs> so like, I, I, I said, oh, I said, okay, you, you know, but, you, you know, it, that, that was kind of a funny deal. And, uh, you know, you, I had a partner of mine who swears, he says the reason Dion is probably going to be successful at Colorado and everywhere he goes. And you tell me how you feel about this. He says college is more about recruiting NFL is more about X and O's. You, you, you know, recruit I, good talent. A, 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 absolutely. Uh, my, my, my high school coach, a uh, guy by the name of Ron Cheatham, uh, and I don't know if you remember that name. He's older than you, but he, uh, he went to Phillips High School, was a linebacker, and they say he was one of the best back linebackers in, in, around the area. And then he went to Southern Miss and played. Okay. But uh, – he said he he always said he said he said Sam, it's not about those X. It's not as much about those X's and O's as you think. It's about those Jimmys and Joes. And you know he's talking about players. Players yeah. in college recruiting is a big part of it. Uh, I've had guys. I, I had a, a, a older coaching friend of mine uh, tell me once that he was coaching on a on a team, uh, one of the top teams in the country at the time, and he said the. Uh, they had a guy, a coach on the staff that really didn't seem like he knew what he was doing from a coaching standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this guy and another coach on defense, you, you know, they, they go to the head coach complaining about the guy and the head coach says, Hey, don't y'all worry about him. He's here to recruit. <laughs> y'all here to coach. 
Exactly. You, you know, so <laughs> yeah. You know, it is, I, but I, I think you've got to, you really got to try to balance it. You balance know, it out, yeah. You know, obviously you want to, you know, you want to be able to recruit good talent, but, you know, I also feel like, you know, these are young men that, you know, they've got these high hopes and dreams and, you know, some of them have really good God-given ability and you want them to have the best opportunity. Like if they're, if they're good enough, you don't want it to be, they don't get an opportunity because of coaching. And and I, I'll say this to you, and, and it's kind of an interesting deal. And uh, uh, so the, the guy was talking about James Bradbury when he, when I was recruiting him out of high school, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I told him, I said, because he was, he believe it or not, he was talking about NFL as a senior in high school. And he's, he's talking about, you know, but I think he was doing it because other schools were saying, you know, hey, we've got guys that have gone to the NFL. If you come here, you know, you can go to the NFL too, all this type of stuff. And and so all, all I told the kid, I said, well, look, I said, if if you're good enough and God willing, you can stay healthy, then yes, you, you can, you know, you will be able to go play because I feel like, you know, I can give you enough coaching to help you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's still, you know, it's still up to how hard you work. It's, it's still up to, you know, if, if Lord willing, you stay healthy. I tell people all the time, they, they ask, man, how did you play eight years in the league? And, you know, I say that was, you, you know, that was God's plan. Yeah. You know, because. Yeah, yeah, it'd be tough, though, man, mentally and physically. But that mental thing, like you said, some guys give up mentally. And once they give up mentally, it's over with, man. You have guys. I think I was watching. um uh, I think it was uh, what's the show that comes on each year where they go to the camp and they watch and they film the NFL team Hard Knocks. I was watching Hard, Hard Knocks. Knocks, and there's one guy that just gave up. I don't know if he was on the Falcons or some team, or whatever. And he just left the squad. He just said, "I'm gone. I'm done." And they tried to talk him because he could play, right? Could right. Play. But mentally, he was gone. He right. was like, you know, I'm not. I can't do this no more. Right. And he actually that's, left the squad. That's that's you know, and that's that's what we mean by that mental toughness. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's funny you talk about mental toughness, mindset, um, mm-hmm. and obviously, uh, mental health is a is a big thing in in our society nowadays. And and I I think there were some guys, you know, even when I played, that might have had some some things going on, but might not have felt comfortable enough to say, "Hey, man, I need some help." Me as a as a college head coach. You know, I've, I've got to kind of have an eye on on guys oh, and, and see changes in in attitude and, and, right. and changes in the way guys are acting and look at body language stuff like that. Uh, I had I had one of my uh, friend of mine who's a college head coach, uh, and he he told me that we were talking this year, and he he said he had a situation where uh, one of his players, I won't say which position, but it was one of the top positions on the team. Mm-hmm. In this middle of the season, and the guy comes to him and he says, "Coach, I need to take a couple, take a week or two off, you know, for for mental health." Wow, I mean, this this is one of his top players, and you know what? Do, what do you do? Yeah, middle of the season, he, he's got a, you know, it's it's, hey, it's, it's, hey. it's almost like when Tom Brady, you know, left camp for ten days. Hey, 
Because then the problem, he ends up getting Warman when he left the Bulls. Remember, <laughs> George said they yeah. let Dennis Warman go to Vegas for a week so he can. <laughs> yeah, I got to go party, man. I got Michael Jordan say he might not come back, Coach. He said, well, <laughs> "We got we got to let Dennis go, man, so he can go." You know. Well, but but, but but now now you look back on it and yeah, it, it was the perfect thing for him. Yeah, you're right. It was. It, it, it was the perfect medicine for him, and you yeah. know, it was just like yeah. you know the, the Tom Brady deal this year when he, he right. took like ten days from training camp, and nobody really knew, but you know, what was going on. He ends up getting a divorce. You know, yeah, he knew he was going going through something. Right, right. Well, now, Miles College, man, HBCU. I'm so familiar with Miles because my family, um, my grandmother. Uh, house was five minutes from Miles College. They grew wow. up in Fairfield. So when I was to go over to Fairfield, stay with my grandmother, we always had to go around Miles College. Uh, and Where I'm going to tell you, Lord Nolan Hospital back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah. Lord Nolan, man. Look, let me tell you something. Uh, I went to the hospital this year for the first time. And the last time I was at the hospital, I was five years old. I mean, checked into the hospital. I was five years old at Lord Nolan with the uh, Walking pneumonia. I was. I wow. remember that. My, my mom told me about that. But since then, I had never actually been back and checked into a hospital since Lord Nolan when I was five years old. But what wow. I remember more about Miles College was the Magic City Classic Parade downtown, and when we was to go, that Miles College band come stepping down down the street there, man. That was a big parade that uh you know that the Anthem and and the state perfect marching machine, man. Oh they, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they're still strong, man. They're yeah, still strong. Okay, man, they're I used to love to see that. That that parade was second to none, man. Uh, it, it was, it, it was. I, I tell you, uh, interesting fact: I was actually born at Lord Nolan. So, oh, where? Like, all okay. these years later, I'm I'm literally two minutes from from wow, you know, from Lord Nolan, going to work wow. every day. So, yeah. how did it happen? They Somebody recommended you? You, you were you looking to, to go to HBCU? Were you? I mean, were you looking to coach college? Well, so it's it's kind of a I it, I have to go back to uh, when I was coaching at Sanford. You know, as an assistant, you, you know, you kind of doing your thing, and then you start kind of having some aspirations, and you see yourself doing some other things, and and one of the things I saw myself doing was being a college head coach during that time. And so you don't just, once you say that's what I want to be, you start looking at ways to get there. Right. And so uh, I actually actually had an opportunity at one time. I thought I was going to go be a defense coordinator uh, for a new head coach at a SWAC school, a guy that was a friend of mine. I won't, I won't name him right now, but, but uh, I was going to leave Sanford to, uh, do that but one of the reasons i was going to do it i felt like if i did a good job as a defense coordinator on that level i get an opportunity to be a head coach uh in college but before that happened i ended up going to uh, georgia state uh university in atlanta and coached there for a year and then the next year i find myself uh with the cleveland browns uh, See, that's the part we skipped i was gonna say let's get to cleveland yeah. Wait, how was that I, I tell you cleveland was a great experience like like for me it was kind of interesting because Hugh Jackson was coming off of an 0-16 season. Right. And so 
that's when that opportunity presented itself to me. So part of me just knowing the NFL the way I knew it, I knew that if we didn't start off good, they were probably going to get rid of Hugh Jackson. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, okay, there's a strong chance this is what you call a one and done in coaching. But is that because once they get rid of head coach, they wipe out everybody or – that's what normally happens. That, okay. That's that's what normally happens when they when they get rid of the head coach, they pretty much normally get rid of everybody else. It might be one or two guys that can, you know, that that can stay for different reasons or whatever. Uh, but so I, I, I knew that, but it was an opportunity to coach in the NFL, and uh, I I just couldn't pass that up. Uh, didn't have to pray much about that one. Yes. <laughs> you know, when, when that opportunity presented itself, I. I knew I was going to take it if, if I got it, got the job after I went and interviewed, all that type of stuff. And and that's exactly what happened. Uh, we, we, we started off slow and, you know, they ended up getting rid of Coach Jackson. And, and so, but I had, I still had a great experience. I had a great experience on that level uh, working with some of the guys we work with up there. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Nick Chubb was actually, they drafted Nick Chubb that year, uh, Denzel Ward, obviously, Baker Mayfield, those guys. But uh, we had a – Chubb wasn't starting the first few games when he got there, so he actually was playing special teams. So I can remember coaching him on special teams, stuff mm -hmm. like that, uh, you know, working with uh, Denzel Ward, first-round corner, corner, and, and just uh, just a lot of great guys that I had an opportunity to uh, spend time around. Well, where and where is uh, Ward now? He's he's still in um he's still in Cleveland. Uh, okay. okay, he'll probably be there for a while. He signed a he signed a long term deal a while back. But um and, and there were some great coaches uh some some really good coaches that I had a chance to spend time around. Uh, Greg Williams was defense coordinator and he ended up being the interim head coach. And we actually got it. We got to turn around. D Greg Williams, the one the one that was at the Saints that had to sit out. Of, did he sit out of here? Oh, no, yeah, he, he did. He did. He did. Yeah. He, 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 he and uh, Sean Payton had to sit out a year. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. He. He, he was. Bounty was. Does he? Did he ever bring that subject up? Does he seem like that kind of guy? Like he's so tough that I mean, is he? I'm not saying. Well, I'm not trying to call him out as a bounty hunter. The NFL called him out as a bounty hunter. In actuality, I, I actually I was working with special teams. So mm -hmm. I got a chance. That's how I got a chance to work with, you know, the offensive guys and defensive guys, guys like Nick Chubb and those guys and Denzel Ward. But when I could, I tried to spend as much time around the defensive guys. I would try to help help them out on the field if they needed things done, that type of stuff. But uh, really kind of seemed like I got to know him a little bit more when he became the interim head coach because then he had to interact with the whole coaching staff and staff meetings and stuff like that. And, I actually thought he did a good job as the as the interim head coach. Uh, you know, he he's one of those guys um, that I think coaches are different. Uh, some coaches have certain styles. Uh, some coaches are just themselves. I, I I really feel like Coach Williams he could kind of be who he thought he needed to be mm -hmm. for for uh, whoever he's coaching. Like he was one of those guys that. It seemed like he tried to get the whole defense at times to be against him in order for them to come together. I got you. Okay. You know, that's just kind of 
you know, something I kind of saw. That's a mental mental strategy. Yeah, I, I, I thought it, I thought it was very interesting. I, I really paid attention to it. But then when he became the head coach, the interim head coach, I felt like he changed and he tried to be what the team needed needed him to be. And uh, I thought he did a good job of that. Uh, I was actually impressed with, you know, how he was able to change for the different roles. You know, speaking of bounty hunter, I, I skipped this one. I know when you at the Redskins, you got two penalties for head hunting. What were those? Two? You remember one was a quarterback. I remember on the goal line or something, and then it was another one. And this was before, you know, they start really looking at the concussion thing and all that kind of stuff. Right. But I know you got two penalties for. I, I don't know. It was two separate games. I remember that. Do you, I know you remember those. Did, yeah, I, I can remember because um, you know I'm 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 twenty thousand uh, dollars. I was about to ask you that. I thought does some teams pay the fines for the players and some teams don't. It depends on what the fine is. Uh, like those those situations, they don't. Uh, you know, if it was something they felt like, um, can you do a payment plan? <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. They they uh, they they just they just go ahead and get it. You know, go ahead and they get it. Uh, get it. <laughs> okay. But but actually, both situations. You know, I I wasn't trying to hit those guys in the head. Is if it, it was a situation, the quarterback actually was taller than me. I'm blitzing right up the middle. Do you remember who the quarterback right. was? Say again? Do you remember who the quarterback was? Uh, it was actually Charlie, Charlie Batch. He was playing for Detroit. And Why I was blitzing right like up the middle. Why you want to do Charlie Batch like that? Say again? Why you want to do Charlie Batch like that, man? He, no, he, no. I mean, I'm, I'm going to sack the quarterback. He's taller than me. And so I'm going to hit him square in the chest. And at the last minute, he ducks, and my helmet hits his helmet. So... A lot of that stuff happens so fast, man. That's that's why, you know, I kind of hate when they rewind it and go in slow motion. It's like the game's not played in slow motion. Slow like, motion. trust me, I, I'm not like a samurai warrior where I can slow everything down and, oh, I'm going to hit him too high. I got to get low. It's just like you take off and you get about a yard or two away, and now you've got an aiming point that you're trying to get to. So if a guy ducks or turns a certain way, you're going to hit him in a different position. 10, the quarterback rating of 17.5, and he gets sacked again. Sam Shade. Five sacks for the Redskins. Sam Shade on the safety blitz. Since Ferrant right into the shadows. You know, for me as a, as a, as a, as a coach, you, you know, what we talk about is, you, you know, we talk about that there's a, there's a strike zone on a guy that we try to keep guys under. And obviously, you know, the big thing for us is keeping guys under, you know, the uh, underarm, like keeping you down in this area. So, so that's, you know, that's what I try to do as a coach, but I do realize the game is played, man, at a, at, at, it's, it's played very fast by talented athletes. What was the other one? Oh, the other one, it was a, it was a tight end in Jacksonville. We're playing Jacksonville, and this tight end, uh, he's going down the middle of the field. And I'm in cover two where I'm outside, and I see that they're going to throw the ball to him down the field. So I'm running towards him. He's got his back to me, and I'm basically going to make a tackle by hitting him in the back to make the tackle. And then at the last minute, the ball's thrown behind him, so he spins, and he spins toward me, and – 
you know, like I said, once you're about a yard or two away, you've got your strike zone, and it changed on me. Here's Brunel ducking under and taken down by Sam Shade on a safety blitz. Mm. Wow. Oh, yeah. And that's a, that's another little piece of money they took out your check, too, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that was bo- – both of those cost me 10000 <laughs> Both mm. of them cost me ten. And- <laughs> And you know, the, the funny thing about that at that time, what I thought was just hilarious to me was that they would let you appeal the fines. So they would they would say, OK, you can appeal it. So, so you're just stretching it out, but they eventually get the money. Yeah. So so like, well, well, basically the problem I had with the appeal was there was one person back in New York with the league office that's looking at the film and he's sending out the fines. Well, when I'm appealing, I'm talking to that one person. It's not he like there's a jury. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there's no jury of your peers. There's this, you know. So I'm, I'm like, this is yeah. a joke. Like, like, yeah. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting the. It's an appeal, but the guy already made his mind up. They made his mind up. He's not gonna go back and say, "Oh, you right." Exactly. So you know, I, I thought wow. that was just kind of a funny deal right there. So with Miles. What teams are you all playing? What what division are you in? Uh, we're we're Division Two, uh, Division Two football. Uh, we play um, we play in the SIAC. Uh, that's the conference that we play in, um, and we've got twelve teams in that conference that play football. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we're we're an HBCU conference. Uh, we've got obviously ourselves. Uh, we've got teams like. Uh, uh, Morehouse College, Clark Atlanta. You've got uh, Lane College. Uh, you've got Edward Waters, uh, Fort Valley State, Albany State. Uh, there is uh, Savannah State. Is Savannah State in there? Savannah State, uh, Allen Allen University, Benedict, uh, Tuskegee, Central State. Uh, it's, it's actually a really good conference. Like I said, we've got twelve teams, and uh, actually uh, this year. Um, you know, had uh, had one team make the playoffs, the uh, Division Two playoffs. Thought we should have had two teams make the playoffs, but it's it's a very competitive uh, conference. Uh, you you've had guys from uh, there have been guys that come out of this conference and go on and play in NFL. Guys like Shannon Sharp playing at Savannah yep. State. Uh, well, Tyrone Poole. Say again. Tyrone Poole. Then he played. Uh, was it Fort Valley or Albany State? Yeah, Fort Valley State. Oh, Albany. One of yeah, I think it was yeah, Fort Tyrone Poole, Fort Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacoby uh, Jacoby Jones uh, played at uh, Lane College, which is in our conference. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Big time kick returner, wide receiver. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and you know, I I can go on uh, with some of the guys that have played at some of these. Uh, Hugh uh, Hugh Douglas uh, played at Central State up in Ohio. I mean, just a lot of guys, man. I'd, I'd be naming them all all night if I could. Man, keep look, I'm gonna tell you a story about Hugh. Okay. We were down in, uh, I want to say that was the year Orlando Parker came out because we, you know, we had him. I, I'm not sure if it was, but you remember Orlando that I played all Yeah, he was a speedster, wide right. receiver. Oh yeah, and I want to say we was at we was at that game. It might not have been, but I remember when Central State bus pulled up. And Hugh Douglas got off the bus. I didn't know who Hugh was. We were just standing outside. Right. Boy, he came off that bus talking smack. He said, boy, y'all ain't never seen nobody like this right here. He said, this is my year I'm going up. Y'all better get your cameras ready, get close in on me. 
I mean, he came off the bus talking like Lawrence Taylor. He was just talking smack. I'm like, what is this guy? And when I saw him play, I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, he, he could go now. He could go. Yeah. He could go. And I hadn't heard anything about Central State since you. I remember they had a brother at FAM that went to Florida State that got in trouble, a wide receiver that wound up going to Central State, but I don't remember anybody else. Hmm. But y'all, you all are playing them? Yeah, yes. Uh, we they're, they're in our conference, uh, Central State. We actually went up there and played them this year. They've got they've got a brother by the name of uh, Kevin Porter that played at Auburn. You probably remember Kevin Porter. Yeah, played, I remember uh, Porter. That's number three. Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. He, he's their uh, he's their head coach. Uh, he was he was a really good player. Played for Kansas City for a long time. Um, so I mean, and, that, and that's the other thing. We've got some good coaches in this league. Uh, like I said, it's it's, it's very competitive. Uh, you know, we had a we kind of had a tough year this year, but we're looking to bounce back. And you know, mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to have a chance to be competitive. Cool. Man, I'm glad somebody like you is at an HBCU and at Miles, and I know you're going to focus. You you're gonna your goal is to win, and so once you start winning, you can make everything else happen. Um, and I know that you know you need that kind of person. I know you probably heard about today in the news. You know what somebody was saying today in the news about, and I know that 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 person probably just doesn't understand the HBCU um, because you know. It needs a lot of help. You know what I'm saying? Not only do you, when you go there, you got to understand it's like family almost. It's like, you know, it's like even, don't you remember when you first came into the league, how the, the family came around you? It's the same thing into the HBCU. It's like everybody kind of needs help and support. And I know you know that. So, um, well, well I'm just, I'm, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was very familiar with uh, HBCU uh, culture. Uh, Mm-hmm. My mother and most of her family went to Alabama State. Uh, my wife okay. and a lot of her family members went to Alabama A&M. Uh, okay. I've got an older sister and younger sister that went to are Miles grads. I've got a nephew that played ball and graduated from Miles uh, by 2019. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty versed in uh, HBCU culture, and you know, obviously, I think some people because I went to Alabama, you know, was you know basically a PWI. Some people mm-hmm. might think that I'm not, but right. I actually grew up. I grew up eight eight to ten minutes from Miles, uh, going to Winona High School, uh, mm-hmm. which at the time was an all black high school and, and right. still is. So right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, so I feel like uh, I, I know the culture pretty pretty well. Well, man, look, I appreciate you giving me some time, man. I swear this ain't gonna be the last time, though. We're gonna get you another time in maybe six months to a year once the season over with and uh, get you back on here. But you're my first uh, mental toughness podcast on YouTube, man. I swear, Sam, and I appreciate you again giving me this much time. We're going to share this video with everybody. We're going to put up your Twitter. I think we got your Twitter here. Uh, That's account. it. That's it. Is that you see it? Okay. That's it. Yeah, that we'll coach underscore Sam underscore Shade. That's, that's, yep. that's good stuff. I, I want to yeah, say I, I really – I really appreciate you uh, inviting me on, especially uh, on your on your first yeah first show on on the Mental Toughness podcast. Right. Uh, man, I, I know you're gonna do well, uh, man. You've always you know been been one of those positive brothers, hard worker, um, man. Just uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited okay. for you, and looking forward to coming back on, and and looking forward to watching you know some of the people that you're gonna have on your show because oh, I yeah. know it's gonna 
it's gonna be yeah. all around and you're gonna bring people from different walks of life. And, and you go and you gonna recommend some guys for me, I know. So <laughs> absolutely. I, 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 right. absolutely. I, I don't I don't have a problem doing that. Okay, sure all know. right, all right. And I'm a when we get this together, make sure your mom see it and tell her I say hello. Uh, tell everybody I say hello, man. I appreciate it again, Sam. And I know we took up a lot of your time, but uh, man, I think a lot of people in my social media group and a lot of people on YouTube going to want to see this because you got a lot of fans out here, man, especially the diehard, the diehard Bama fans. So <laughs> this is... <laughs> This well, is well, hey, I, I want those diehard die uh, Miles fans watching too, man. Okay, <laughs> no, that's hey, right. So, so, they so, need so, to I'm, know. I'm one of those guys. Hey, 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 man, I gotta be where my feet are. I know that's right, and I'm gonna I'm I'm make sure. I'm gonna make sure I get this to the diehard Miles fans and get it out there on social media and spread it so they know who they have coaching for them, and they know that they need to go and support too, man. So we can, you know, make them put some more bleachers at that stadium out there. I, I tell you what, we, we we actually talked about that last year. So there, there, I, I I I I can't get off the show without talking about our president, uh, Bobby Knight. Uh, you know, you talked okay. about how I got to Miles. Uh, she was a big part of it. Uh, her her husband actually, Gary Burley, is a former uh, NFL player, played for the Bengals, one of the teams I played for. He's older than me, but uh, you know, great people. I, our athletic director, uh, Coach Fred Watson. Uh, he's the head basketball coach, but uh, he's been in college coaching for over 20 years. And uh, they give me great support. They give our players great support. And we know they're behind us. And, and we've got, you know, plans and things in the works to uh, increase our facilities and, you know, make things as as nice as possible for our student yeah. athletes. Is, is Fred from Birmingham? Uh, Fred's actually from South Carolina. He actually okay. uh, played basketball at Benedict and actually okay. uh played overseas for a little while okay well cool all right man appreciate it appreciate it and uh we're gonna get you back on here again uh right after the season we talk some more all right all right man thank you sir thank you uh, you got challenges that you're gonna run across make sure that you like and subscribe and, and hit the all button and all that kind of stuff because we're gonna have a lot of good interviews uh on this podcast